Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for being a part of the Fearless Army. Drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And when you do, ask me a question in the comments. Each week, we'll compile your best questions and answer them on air. Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I'm Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Steve Kim Day. Happy Monday. You know, I'm, I'm like uh, Ron Burgundy and uh, Anchorman. I read whatever's in the prompter, and it says Happy Steve Kim Day, but it's really Happy Monday. Uh, Steve Kim will be here. We have a fantastic show planned for you, an over-the-top fantastic show, particularly if you're an NFL fan, particularly if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, particularly if you're a fan of this show, uh, particularly if you like a little daily dose of Dion, I know that uh, Ticket TV and the Dion groupies uh, will be very upset. Uh, but I, I do have a little tiny bit, uh, a daily dose of Dion today, uh, <laughs> and it is awesome. Uh, before I do anything, though, I need you guys to start. If you're listening over Apple, hit that five star rating. We need it. They're they're fighting us over at Apple. I need you to fight back and engage. Very easy. Hit the five-star rating. Leave a review. Write a little review. Ask me a question. Leave a comment about the show. If you're watching over YouTube, make sure you're hitting the likes, the subscriptions, the notifications. Make sure you're telling your friends to come join us every weeknight right at 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here every day trying to entertain you, trying to give you content uh, that you can talk about, that you won't be ashamed to talk about, trying to evaluate the sports, the political, the culture, uh, through a biblical worldview. Uh, <laughs> and we're also trying to have a little fun. And that's where we're going to start today with just a little bit of fun before I get into the Patrick Mahomes meltdown. Uh, I want Shamika Michelle last week came into town and did something awesome. It's like an early Christmas gift to me. Uh, she gave me a personal uh, Christmas gift that I get to share with you all. Uh, if you pay attention to my Twitter feed on Friday, you saw it. But if you didn't pay attention to my Twitter feed, I'm going to share it here with you right now. Uh, have you guys heard the uh, sexy red song Ski Ye? If you have, I got a better version of it called Pee Wee uh, that Shamika Michelle gave me for Christmas. I'm going to share it with you right now. Coach D, rub these players up. Manipulate my players, then I get them stuck. 
take the corner back for a Colorado bus. Do you believe in that? Nope. We ran out of love. I'm 56, acting like I'm 30. Worship me like an idol, cause I'm worthy. Drop rose for a snow hose, wasn't pretty. Overplaying Travis Hunter, did him dirty. Shadua crying, daddy, why they hurt me? Setting sack record sight, getting blurry. Players decommitting, coaches start to scurry. Running to the transfer portal in a hurry. Your favorite black coach, I do no wrong. Get them wins up, oh, I won't be here for long. Call them ghetto rappers to get us in a zone. Who ready? I'm ready, now play my theme song. If you see me, then you know it's about a bug. Not about my players, I don't give up. I'm the big dog, should do my little pug. Diamonds on his rich, Sandy, hold it up. When I holler pee wee, that mean I suck. Manipulate my players, then I get them stuck. Take the corner back for a Colorado Buffs. Do you believe that? Nope. We ran out of love. Call me Coach Prime, yeah, I'm the chosen one. Double threat in my time, touchdown, home run. The PWD high fans are really dumb. Getting all this recognition, and it is really fun. What would make you think I care about what you think of me? I got teams running scared, Coach Pee Wee. Started from the bottom, and then we won three. I did this without them, cause it's about me. Your favorite black coach, I do no wrong. Get them wins up, or I won't be here for long. Call them ghetto rappers to get us in a zone. Who ready? I'm ready. Now play my theme song. If you see me, then you know it's about a book. Not about my players, I don't give up. I'm the big dog, should do my little pug. Diamonds on his wrist, Sandy, hold it up. When I holler pee wee, that mean I suck. Manipulate my players, then I get them stuck. Take the corner back for a Colorado buck. Do you believe that? We ran out of luck. <laughs> that is awesome uh what a wonderful holiday gift uh for me thank you shamika uh you guys will be seeing that uh video uh a lot this week and maybe even moving forward maybe even throughout the entire off season whenever i can't think of a daily dose of dion i may just play that video that is awesome uh but that's not what today's show is about it's not about dion sanders uh, slightly it, slightly but i'm not going to bring up Dion a lot today, uh, but I am going to talk about a culture that is damaging a lot of athletes, particularly black athletes, and we just saw an example of it as it relates to Patrick Mahomes this weekend, and so that's where I'm going to start the fire starter and then bring Steve Kim in. Uh, before I do any of that, though, I, guys, I want to talk to you about uh, our favorite sponsor, Preborn. As the left ramps up their efforts to abort babies, it's time to ramp up our efforts to save babies. Why not include a saving a baby's life on your Christmas list? And because of our partnership with Preborn, an organization that has rescued over 270,000 babies, you can do just that. Every day, Preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies as they compete head-to-head -head with the abortion giants. You see... They offer an abortion-minded woman a free ultrasound. Once she meets her baby for the first time and hears what that baby's heartbeat, her baby's chance of life more than doubles. For just $28, you can save a life. And now, through a match, your tax-deductible gift is doubled, too. And because Preborn supports both mothers and babies, 
with diapers, car seats, counseling, and more for up to two years, you're offering double blessings. Now it is time to put your year-end write-offs to work. Just dial pound 250, say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. Or give the way that I prefer to give, preborn.com slash fearless. That's preborn.com slash fearless. All right, uh, you know, let's call up Steve Kim. Uh, bring up Steve Kim on screen. Steve, uh, y- you got to give me like two or three minutes here just to put this whole Patrick Mahomes thing in perspective. And because I think it's, it's bigger than just Patrick Mahomes throwing a little tantrum after the Buffalo Bills beat them 20 to 17 at Arrowhead Stadium. You guys know everybody in the sports world has been talking about uh, this particular play. Let, let's play the clip of, of uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball to Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey lateraling it to Kadarius Toney. Everybody thinking, hey, this is the get, go-ahead touchdown with about a minute to play, but it's called back because Kadarius Toney did something illegal. Uh, let's, play the, let's play the clip of the play. I don't think they'll sit back consistently. Here they come again. There's a flag down at the line of scrimmage. Is the pass is to an open Travis Kelsey, who flings it back over to Tony. My goodness, this is going for a touchdown. Mm. All right, so that's the play. I don't. Kadarius Tony is lined up offside. Clear as day. Clear as day. Let's watch Patrick Mahomes. I believe these are his post-game comments to the media. As I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game. And that's why last week I didn't say anything about the flag. They didn't get called on the Marquez. And so, I mean, I, it, I mean, they're human, man. They make mistakes. But, I mean, I'm, it's every week we're talking about something and – all I can do is go out there and give everything I have, and I'm proud of the guys because that's what we did, and it was a great football game that ended another great football game that just ended like that. It's just tough, tough to swallow. Patrick, what, what do you, for lack of a better term, what made it boil over? Was it that itself, or was it the, the it's, non- it's, call it's, it's, it's the call, man, just in that moment. I mean, it's, it's not even for my, myself or for me. It's just I know how much everybody puts into this game, and for it to, to happen on a flag change outcome of a game, um, and that moment, I mean, I, I've played seven years, never had that, never had offense offsides called. I mean, that's the, we, that's elementary school. We we talk about. I mean, you point to the ref, do all that different type of stuff, and and it doesn't get called. And if it does, you, they warn you, and there was no warning throughout the entire game. Um, and then you wait till there's a minute left in the game to make a call like that. Um, it's, it's tough, man. It, it, I mean, it's lost for words, man. It's just it's tough because. Regardless if we win or lose, man, just just for the, the end with another game and we're talking about the refs, man, it's just not what we want for any for the NFL and for football. Patrick, you were getting after him pretty good, it looked like right at the end there. Did, did you get any kind of explanation? None, none from any one of them. I asked three different refs. No one said anything. So, play the video now of Mahomes losing it, yelling and screaming at the referees. This is embarrassing, but it gets more embarrassing even after this. This is Mahomes yelling and screaming at the referees. You know, at some point he throws his helmet. People are holding him back. I mean, this this is the league's premier player, the top player. And if you guys remember last week, I said to you all, 
Hey, there's an issue here with Patrick Mahomes. He's not Tom Brady. And he doesn't have the same fire. He doesn't have the same discipline. He's not the same as Tom Brady. And that's why he's having an off year. And, and I said that and people got upset with me over social media. You guys know I made my bones in Kansas City. I, I'm a Patrick Mahomes fan originally. I used to go on TV wearing the Patrick Mahomes headband. I put a wig on like his hair. I'm a Patrick Mahomes fan. I've watched this guy change right before my eyes and become someone that it's more and more difficult for me to be a fan of. And then so he's yelling and screaming at the refs. He, he complains in his post-game press conference. The yelling and screaming is bad. The complaints in the post-game press conference, bad. Immediately after the game, this guy goes through the handshake with Josh Allen, the opposing quarterback. This is the most embarrassing thing of all of this. Play the clip. Steve, mm. he's stomping around like a little baby. He meets the opposing quarterback, complains to him about the call. I I'm embarrassed for Patrick Mahomes, but I'm not surprised. Your thoughts so far of what we've shown, your initial reaction. You know, Patrick Mahomes is a great pitch man. He does a lot of commercials, right? State Farm and all that stuff. His next endorsement deal has to be with, like, Paul Masson or someone in Napa Valley. Boy, that's a lot of wine. I mean, that's a lot of wine. It ain't fine. And here's the thing that I, I really have to battle back with, with Patrick Mahomes is I don't have an issue with disputing a call that is incorrect. All these Kansas City Chiefs fans and Patrick Mahomes supporters are caping up for him on a call that was correct um, by every definition, but it goes back to that old saying from uh, Thomas Sowell. When you get preferential treatment in your whole life, equal treatment seems oppressive. And it's almost as if that there's this level of uh, entitlement with the Kansas City Chiefs fan base and their organization is how dare you referee our games fairly. And the one thing that really got me uh, rolling my slanted eyes is when he says, as players, you know, this is what we work for, and we want the game called fairly. You know what? That Super Bowl last year with the Eagles was really decided on a ticky-tack play. Um, did you have any sympathy for the Eagles on that pass interference before the game-winning field goal? Of course not. Uh, Patrick needs to lay back. I don't think there's any doubt. There's a lot of frustration here, Jason, because Air Mahomes has been grounded. You look at what they've done the last seven, eight games. This is no longer that explosive, exciting offense we've come to expect from Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. <clears throat> so, and put back up the steel image from the side. Because, I mean, this is such a no-brainer call. The, the other one, from, from the side, where it's such a no-brainer. He's lined up. Ahead of the center, everybody else is about a half yard behind the center. Everybody else. 
This guy's lined up ahead of the center. It's a clear cut. The, the flag comes out instantly. Once the play is snapped, I saw the flag out of the corner of my eye. I'm watching the game live. I'm surprised Jim Nance and Tony Romo never said anything in the middle of the play. Like, even as Travis Kelsey's c catching the ball, normally the play-by-play -play guy would say, hey, flag down. But but they didn't. They let the play go on, and, and then they acted, you know, oh, there's a flag after the fact. But this was so obvious and so easy and so fundamental. They have no choice but to call it. <clears throat> and so... Steve, last week when I said this guy isn't uh, Tom Brady, and, and what I meant by that, I mean, there were many layers to it, but Patrick Mahomes has prided himself on having the biggest contract in the NFL in a league with a salary cap. Patrick Mahomes, I think, was pretty much all good of like, hey, Tyree Hill's going to leave here, or should I sacrifice some of my money because I have the best wide receiver in the National Football League. I have the guy who actually makes this offense go. And I know they won a Super Bowl last year without Tyree Hill, and they got away with no Tyree Hill last year. But they're not getting away with it this year. It, it, the truth is, is catching up with them. I think Patrick Mahomes is great. I think Andy Reid is great. I think they severely missed Tyreek Hill's big playability and ability to stress the defense, and teams have figured out how to defense uh, Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes was really about the life the way that Tom Brady was, he, he would sacrifice some of the money so that he'd have all the supporting pieces that he needs. But he doesn't. He d hasn't done that. Is that a, a, a mammoth criticism of, of Patrick Mahomes? No, it's not. Where my real criticism of Patrick Mahomes is, he has allowed LeBron James and all these other woke athletes to turn him into a victim. Because mm -hmm. that's what this is all about. Something bad happened to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are in a tough stretch of games. What have they won? Two of their last six. They've lost four of their last six games, something like that. They're in a bad stretch of games. He's struggling. Well, it couldn't be my fault. It couldn't be Kadarius Toney's fault. We're hmm. victims of improper officiating and, and this entire culture that many black athletes have adopted, that social media has pushed, it makes, it weakens great men and great competitors. And so that you lose a game, you go to face uh, Josh Allen, you, instead of congratulating him, you wanna whine. Worst call I've ever seen in my life when it was one of the most obvious calls to, that had to be called because the receiver had done something stupid. Instead of holding Kadarius Tony. Uh, accountable <clears throat> instead of holding himself accountable because there, if you still had Tyreek Hill, you wouldn't need Kadarius Tony. He wouldn't be there. You wouldn't have this washed out New York giant. He's fallen into the victim mentality. I, I, I'm going to talk about this because there's other examples of this that I'm going to get into later in the week. But obviously yesterday's deal with Patrick Mahomes, everybody's talking about it and, and people I, I Saw enough of ESPN to see no one really wants to talk about Patrick Mahomes. They, they, they 
And look, I understand people blasting Kadarius Tony because he's dropped balls, he lined up off sides. I get it. But people are leaning into blasting Kadarius Tony so that they don't have to deal with the fact that the quarterback, the highest paid player, the most influential player on that Kansas City Chiefs team has turned into a whiny baby and he's taken the organization with him. I'm going to tell you the other person that this whiny victim mentality has infected. Andy Reid. I've been watching Andy Reid coach for nearly 30 years. Did you, his, let's play Andy Reid's post-game press conference, his comments, and I'm telling you, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw that tantrum on the sideline and do all that whining and crying he did on the sidelines, Andy Reid doesn't come up to that podium and say the things that he said. Play the clip. A bit embarrassing in the National Football League for that to take place. Um, normally, yeah, normally uh, if, if it's even close, um, you get you get a warning. Uh, the head coach gets a warning. I mean, that normally, so I don't know. I didn't have a protractor out there, but um, it's a bit embarrassing. Yeah, I've been in the league a long time, and uh, I haven't had one like that. So not where, not where, at least for that kind of a position there, that it, it's not uh, given a heads up to. Coach, um, the, the play, how that ended up happening, was that a freelance thing with Travis and Kadarius at the end, or was it a plan type thing? Um, I can't even believe you're asking that right now. So, all right, next question. Yeah, Andy. I'm t- I love Andy Reid. I'm <sighs> telling you. I lo- Patrick Mahomes has dragged him down. The coaches now live in such fear of their top players and making sure they're supportive of whatever foolishness their top players are in. This is Andy Reid going full Popovich. D- don't you boo Kawhi Leonard? Don't you, you know, next thing you know, Andy Reid will be talking about gun control. Patrick Mahomes did this. He's dragged the whole team, including Andy Reid, into the victim mentality. You know, this is where we needed a TJ Simers to shoot back. Well, okay, do you teach your guys to line up onsides or offsides? It's a legitimate question because Andy Reid is a really creative play caller. He has unbelievable schemes. So, yeah, was it planned or was it impromptu? I don't think it was a terrible question. The guy's trying to lighten the mood. But, you know, Jason, playing sports, the one thing that I know – that coaches hate more than anything are mental errors. And if you cannot line up on sides in that situation, and I have a question though, for Andy Reid talking about the warning. So let's say Kadarius, Kadarius Tony was actually another yard or two off sides though. All right. So it's even more obvious, but does he get the warning? I, I didn't realize that you got a mulligan on all this. And so the other thing that that's really interesting about the situation you talked about at the finances the greatest advantage that you have in the National Football League in, in terms of salary structure and dealing with that cap is to have a really good quarterback on a rookie deal because that gives you a buffer. It probably it makes you uh, allows you to have six or seven other quality players or keep another Pro Bowl level player or two on your roster. You look at the Niners right now, the way they are constructed with Brock Purdy, first contract, they got the seventh round draft choice. They must have players all over the roster that they otherwise would not be able to afford with a Patrick Mahomes type of salary. And you brought up Tom Brady. When I read that book I referenced a couple weeks ago, 
better to be feared. There's no doubt about it in reading that from Seth Wickersham. Time after time, Tom Brady kept taking discounts. He made concessions over and over again for at least, I would say, the last dozen years of his career. And at the end, it started to bother him because he's thinking, wait a minute, I should get a little bit more respect from my head coach because I'm allowing us to be the team and the franchise that we are. I am getting the sense now there has to be some sort of philosophical change within the league of telling these quarterbacks, listen, we really like you. You're our franchise quarterback. But there is a threshold that we will simply not cross if you want to actually win. And I just wonder how many of these guys are actually about winning the way Tom Brady was. They're not. And I can't fully beat them up about that. And so I want everybody to hear my criticism in context. My, my problem, my problem, is the victim mentality. That, that all the calls that the Chiefs have gotten over the years with Patrick Mahomes and with Andy Reid, and now all of a sudden, one of the most obvious penalties in the world is the worst thing they've ever seen, and to throw this type of tantrum, and, and, and name me, Another quarterback in the league, with the exception of, well, we, uh, you know, and I, sometimes I hate to do this, but it's just so obvious. If Josh Allen had lost that game and had gone up to Patrick Mahomes after the game and complained, worst call ever, and threw that kind of tantrum, all the same people that are jumping on Kadarius Tony would be shredding. Josh Allen, absolutely shredding Josh Allen. So Patrick Mahomes lives in this protected space. He's, he's worthy of obvious criticism. This is a bad look for him. And, and, and the criticism would actually do Patrick Mahomes good. It, it would be like, it, it would maybe wake him up to like, hey man, I, I handled that wrong. I, I better, I set the wrong tone. Now I got Andy Reid out here whining and crying and looking like, again, calling this call embarrassing? In, in, he's, at, he's literally acting like this is Sean Payton losing to the Rams over a non-PI call. That, that's how he's acting. What, like this was the equivalent of what took the Saints out of the Super Bowl against the Rams. I can't, I'm telling you, I love Andy Reid. This is the Patrick Mahomes buying into the victim mentality, infecting the entire team, including Andy Reid. It's a mistake. Both of you know, these guys need to cut it out. Jason, as I'm watching that last sequence, what's really interesting, again, we're not there. So, and the way, the way the cameras can pan and the way they produce an event can take things out of context. When I saw Patrick Mahomes getting angry I didn't know. I, I thought he was either getting on Kadarius Tony or an assistant coach. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, look at that anger and leadership. And then when I found out it was over the officiating, uh, then I started labeling it a tantrum because that's what it is. A, a real leader. And again, I, I don't ask anyone to throw a teammate under the bus publicly or to do it so openly. OK, but in my view, the way he should have handled it is to tell Kadarius in private, Kadarius, you've already cost us two games, Detroit and now this one. One physical error, one a mental error. And third strike, you might be out of here. 
Because, you know, he has a lot of influence. And, and you got to take that guy aside. That, that can never happen again. That's on you and also on me for not lining you up correctly. But talking about the, the purely football, um, I didn't realize this. So they said it on the CBS broadcast, Jason. Right now, we're, you know, a little bit halfway through the year, two-thirds, three-quarters in. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs have 33 drops. Jason, I didn't know NFL teams dropped 33 passes in a season. So they're on pace for about 45 to 50 drops. That's staggering for a National Football League team. Uh, Where have you gone, Stephon Page? And uh, Dwayne Bowe ain't walking through that door. (laughs) It's... The Chiefs have issues, and again, all of this frustration is a byproduct of like, oh man, these problems we have aren't fixable. And I'm sure part of Patrick Mahomes' frustration is about his wide receivers and all the drop passes. And, and he's probably, because of the amount of money he makes and probably because of the way he doesn't want to take on Kadarius Tony. And I wouldn't ask him to take on Kadarius Tony. After the game, I would have said, hey, it's on all of us in this locker room to be accountable and be assignment sound. That's on us. We don't even allow the referees to take something away from us because we did something wrong. That's all he needed to say. That's what Tom Brady would have said. And and I'm I'm telling you, all these people, I'm going to get trash. Oh, why are you comparing him to Tom Brady? And that ain't right. And Tom Brady threw tantrums. He yelled and screamed at Bill O'Brien and all that other stuff. Yeah, I get it. But acting this kind of a full post-game, referees, and then complaining about an obvious call, miss me with all of it. This, this, I'm telling you, I've watched Patrick Mahomes from – day one in Kansas City to now, I'm looking at this whole victim culture. And I, I saw Patrick Mahomes basically, I feel like in real time, wet his finger and say, yeah, I better get on board with Black Lives Matter. I'm African American. LeBron and everybody else is doing it. I'm going to pretend to be woke and go down this path. And then once you start pretending you start adopting that mentality, and everywhere you look, you're like, oh, how am I a victim? How was I mistreated? And that's how you lose a game that someone on your team is responsible mm. for losing, and then figuring out, oh, it was the man. It's these dang referees. How dare they call that? Rather than looking in the mirror. It, it's all connected, and that's why I'm so hard on this mentality, because I see too many young black men, too many African-Americans that are always looking, always looking to be a victim. This is Patrick Mahomes' Jussie Smollett moment, Bubba oh. Wallace moment. Uh, th- this is, it's, it's a different version of it, but it's the exact same thing. And, and <clears throat> it's sad because t- this kid in a different culture, if he wasn't caught up in social media and BLM, this kid has a chance to be the greatest quarterback of all time, but this culture may not allow it. You know, it reminds me of boxing a few times when a really popular fighter, and this happened with Oscar De La Hoya, and I think it was the first fight with Shane Mosley. Um, and, and to me, it was very clear that Shane Mosley won that first fight at the Staples Center way back in 2000. And I hear this a lot. Well, I'm the defending champion. You got to take the belt. It should have been at least a draw. 
And it's almost like their way of saying, how dare they judge this fight fairly? That's basically what Patrick Mahomes did. He did the football version of you got to take the title from the champion. And it's simply not true. Uh, Steve, before I move on, I want to move on to a different topic because the Cowboys looked terrific last night. Uh, so did I thought the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, before I get into that, I want to take care of another one of our great sponsors. As we approach a new year, deciding how to best meet your health care needs is an important decision. I encourage you to consider Samaritan Ministries. It's a biblical, affordable way to pay your medical bills and has everything you should look for in healthcare sharing ministry. Samaritan members glorify God above all else and care for one another through prayer and encouragement. It's a way to align your health care with your faith and through direct member to member sharing. You'll always know who you're helping and who's helping you. Samaritan ministry started in 1994 when 10, when 10 households began sharing one another's medical bills. Today, there are 80,000 households across the nation who share $30 million in medical needs each month. Here's how it works. There are no networks. So when a medical need arises, you choose the healthcare provider that's right for you and have a say in the type of treatment you receive. Send your medical bills to Samaritan Ministries and they'll notify fellow members to pray for you and send money directly to you to help you pay those bills. And when another member has a medical need, you'll do the same for them. When the body of Christ comes together to pray, encourage, and provide for one another, burdens are lifted and God is glorified. This applies to all areas of life, including healthcare. Check out Samaritan Ministries, and if it's the right fit, you can join today. Let them know you heard it here by going to SamaritanMinistries.org slash fearless. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Steve, uh, Cowboys obliterate uh, mm. the Philadelphia Eagles. Dak has a, another impressive game. Uh, and Lamar Jackson, I thought, had a, another impressive game. I know they won on a walk-off punt return, but I watched that game, and I, I don't have Lamar's stats. I'm going to call him up here, Lamar's stats. But I watched that game, and I thought, L Lamar was splendid. Uh, I, 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 great touchdown late. I think a two-point conversion pass late. Lamar Jackson was tremendous, and I think that Lamar and Dak are probably, you know, other than Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, probably still my MVP candidate, but uh, Lamar and Dak are probably the leaders in the clubhouse uh, for the MVP. Yeah, Lamar was... 24 of 43, 316 yards, uh, three TD passes, one INT, 11 carries, 70 yards. Anyway, who, who you got here? Who's more impressive? Uh, and, and the Ravens won 37-31 over the, over the Rams. But who you got here, uh, Dak or Lamar, who's your MVP frontrunner? Uh, in the immortal words, and to paraphrase the great Jimmy Johnson, how about that, Cowboy? Dakota. Dakota, I, I don't know if this is his Mark Rippon 1991 moment, 
where a pretty good quarterback elevates. But here's the thing. In the AFC, Baltimore is clearly the most complete team on both lines of scrimmage. Franchise quarterback, real defense, and they're physical, and they know how to win. If they get home field, and it looks like it's trending that way, the Ravens are going to be very tough to beat in January. The problem for the Cowboys is you still have San Francisco, and they seem to be gelling, and you still have Philadelphia, who I would not count out. But Jason, Dakota, I, I'm, 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 I'm a believer in this year. There's a certain control, and there's a certain way he's just running the game and just routinely making the throws. And C.D. Lamb has joined the 88 club. Uh, he's become a number one receiver. And look, I believe they will at least make the NFC championship game. I don't know if they're going to get over the Niner hurdle because I still think the Niners overall might have the best roster in football when they're healthy. But this has been a really, really great year for Dakota Rain Prescott. Okay, the award is still called the most valuable player. Okay. And so I, I think for the Baltimore Ravens, you take Lamar Jackson off the bar, Baltimore Ravens, they don't sniff 10-3. and three. They are 5-8 and eight probably. You take Dak Prescott off that Cowboys team, I think they can still, maybe they're 8-5 and five right now, or seven and six right now, rather than ten and three. Lamar Jackson's value to the Baltimore Ravens is higher than uh, Dak Prescott's value to the Cowboys. I'm not slighting uh, uh, Dak Prescott, but but when you just think of overall, and then they put a new offense, new offensive coordinator around Lamar Jackson. Lamar's exceeding my expectations. Uh, more than Dak Prescott is exceeding my expectations, and I still contend his value is greater to the Ravens than Dak's is to the Cowboys. You know, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that, especially with the fact that Lamar Jackson, because of his legs and his threat at the mesh point, he helps that running game. Even when he hands the ball off, those backside ends cannot crash, right? But Jason... I think there needs to be a rule change in terms of how we give out these awards, specifically the MVP. Prescott and Lamar have both had really good regular seasons. There is a track record the last four or five years that statistically, they're solid. They always throw for a certain amount of yards, produce touchdowns, and their teams win, which is important. But what has been the mark against them? Lack of playoff success. I mean, they've won a lot of games from September, October, November, December, January. That's money football. I would actually hold off on giving this award and saying, okay, guys, because look, Brock Purdy is actually getting some MVP talk, okay, which surprises me given the fact that they went through a month where the offense struggled when he was in there. Because I personally think the MVP of the Niners, offensively, it's not even Christian McCaffrey. I think it's Debo Samuels. The things that he does are so unique to him. He's the only guy that could take passes and go 70 yards, but also on third and three, if you hand the ball off to him, he'll move the pile. That's, that is such a rare – but again, he probably will not be in the running. It's now a quarterback award for the most part. But this is an award that this year specifically, uh, I wouldn't give it out till after the playoffs. 
I'm anti-giving it out after the playoffs because then I think it would turn into a playoff award. And, and you know, anything could – so let's say you ball out in the playoffs, but uh, you throw an interception late that caused you to lose in the first round of the playoffs, uh, but you threw for 400 yards, but you lost in the first round. And then whoever ends up being the Super Bowl winning quarterback, well, he, he's the MVP or blah, blah, blah. You got to reward. It's a regular season award. Who's the MVP during the regular season? And to me, I'm going with Tyreek Hill. I'm going with Christian McCaffrey. I'm going with Trent Williams, uh, and and maybe even Debo Samuels. I, I don't consider no slight to Brock Purdy. Boy, that Kelsey thing lasted for about a week, and hey, you're just off the ballot. You're not even getting others receiving votes. You. Boy, that, that thing's like a Furby Jason on the Kelsey's, roof. He's lost two straight. He's yeah, lost two straight and hadn't looked. You, you know, know what, Jason? That, this is You're the first person in the history of the media. Hey, what's with the Eagles? Man, they're center. Got to blame the center, not the quarterback, not the head coach, <laughs> the center. That those snaps just were not, not quite. But, Jason, uh, I'm I, not, agree <laughs> I, I agree with you about Tyreek Hill because we look at the impact on a game, individual performance, <laughs> And look, what would the Dolphins' attack be without him? I get it. They have a track team out there. But I, I look, maybe it was Randy Moss in like 98 in his first three, four years. But I've never seen a wide receiver who every time, no matter where he lines up, you say to yourself, something could happen here. And I, he could take a 15-yard curl, and you could see defenders freeze. Because they're absolutely apprehensive about dealing with this guy and his and his ability to stretch the field and in his yak and the way he opens up the field for everybody. And look, I know this argument may not be germane to our conversation, and I know that they won the Super Bowl last year, but he's had an impact on the way the Chiefs play football without him there. So that is true impact. I still think Tyree Kill has to be high atop that ballot. Uh, Steve, uh, I want to... Switch topics, but before I do, uh, I want to talk to you guys about our good friend Phil Robertson. Uh, for years, Hollywood has been lacking when it comes to stories of redemption. Movies and TV shows have trended towards the anti-hero, the flawed person who makes no effort to change and just becomes worse and worse as the story goes on. Well, here's some great news. The Blind, the true story of the Robertson family, is now available for purchase on Blaze TV. Maybe you've made a mess of your life. Maybe someone you love is in a dark place. Maybe all the above. If you or someone you know feels beyond redemption, you need to watch this movie. You'll see there is always hope. Always. The Blind takes you on an incredible journey through the life of Phil Robertson, giving you an intimate look into the man behind the legend and the trials, the triumphs, and the values that have shaped him through the years. While The Blind wasn't a Blaze Media production, since Phil is such a big part of our Blaze TV family, we wanted to make sure you had the opportunity to stream it here. Because it isn't ours, we can't include it as part of our subscription package. But if you'd rather purchase it and stream it here rather than on Apple or Amazon, we wanted to make sure the opportunity was there. So do it now. Act now. Don't miss this opportunity to own The Blind, a Phil Robertson story on Blaze TV. Buy it today at blazetv.com slash theblind for just $19.99. That's blazetv.com slash theblind. Steve. <clears throat> This topic here, I'm really, really fascinated by. 
and, and people are going to be shocked with my position on this, but I think it's unfair what's happening to Malika Andrews, the ESPN hmm. broadcaster, the, I think, NBA Today host. She replaced, uh, what's her name? What's the white woman's name? Rachel Nichols. Yeah. Uh, replace Rachel Nichols, uh, I think, on NBA Today. Or maybe it was Maria Taylor. She replaced. I can't remember. Anyway, she she's hosts one of these NBA shows. Her and her sister have jobs at ESPN because, in my view, uh, they meet these diversity, equity, and inclusion. They're half black, half Jewish. Uh, what a better combination to be in the media than half black and half Jewish. So they get these jobs, and, and she's attractive and does a decent job, and she she does she pretends to be a little woke and does a little sister girl. I, I should have asked y'all. <laughs> y'all remember, I've been critical of Malika Andrews. We are all black people, and so we have to have an opinion on George Floyd and Derek Chauvin. We are she does some silly stuff. But now the social media crowd has really gone after her. And so she's in Las Vegas uh, presenting that bogus trophy they gave LeBron James and the Lakers for the in-season tournament. And let's play the clip of her getting booed by the crowd in Las Vegas. And ESPN's Malika Andrews. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by members of the Boys and Girls Club of Southern Nevada. Huh. So, Steve, I'm just keeping it real because we do that here on this show. And so I'm, I'm going to be a little bit politically incorrect, but I'm just keeping it a thousand percent, a thousand percent. A light-skinned black woman with a big booty, I've never seen her uh, booed inside an NBA arena. It's never happened. That's the first time in the history of any basketball event that I'm aware of, whether it be AAU, high school, NBA, college, light-skinned woman with a big booty, pretty face getting booed. Woo! Social media has done a job on Malika Andrews. I think it's a bit unfair. She's a child, been put in a position, and, and now the narrative on her over social media is, you know, who, there was some black athlete she questioned about domestic violence, and now she allegedly hasn't been hard enough on Josh Giddy. I got some sympathy for Malika Andrews. How about yourself? Well, a couple of years ago, she was really popular during the NBA bubble, right? Uh, but uh, now... The immortal words of Belle Bib DeVoe, never trust a big button to smile, according to you. But here's what I think happened. <laughs> this is just my theory. That girl's okay. poison. Yeah. Yeah, that girl is poison. <laughs> yeah, we must warn you. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. once it was found out, okay, there's a combination of things. She was very hard on that uh, young basketball player from Alabama that you covered at Link last year. She mentioned Brandon Miller. Yeah, Brandon Miller. Right, Brandon Miller. Yeah. Um and, and, and I think that is unfair because during draft day, you have to mention the context that, hey, there's some controversy around this young man. I don't think she was overly critical or harped on it too much. You kind of move on to the next draft choice. But so once you do that, though, and then the YouTube community and, and people that I like have covered it, it almost creates this mob mentality of do we like this individual or not? 
But Jason, this is one thing you did not mention. Once it was found out that she was dating Dave McMenamin, who seems like a decent fellow. I listened to him out here in L.A. and he's he's not a brother. He's another. He's a glacier glider. Uh oh, now now it was all bets are off. Now now she's not part of the squad. And that's where I think the floodgates really opened on her that, number one, you seem really critical of black athletes, whether it's valid or not. You're already a mixed-race child, uh, and now you have a uh, non-black significant other. All of those things together, they work against her in the court of public appeal, at least to the community. That is true. And I'm sitting here stretching my brain, and maybe you can help me out. Remember her and Stephen A. Smith got into it on oh, Stephen yeah. A. Smith's first oh, yeah. take? Mm-hmm. I, I, well, oh, yeah. I, I can't remember the details of what that's about, oh, but I just it, remember Stephen A. having to check her and be like, hold on, what? That was over the Amy Adoka and the actress that he was kind of coming out on. Nia Long. Nia and Long, Nia yeah. Long, right, and that, that, that relationship was not for long after that. And so what happened was, this is where Malika deserved that spanking because she tried to call in and lecture Stephen A. And Stephen A. said, oh, oh, no, you're not. And by the way, that was very valid. She she completely stepped out of her bounds. And that haughty attitude that she had, she needed to be knocked down a peg. And from that moment on, that's another one of those things that certain people are like, you know what? You said like you're not with us. That's what it is. And so the message I would give to Malika Andrews and any of these young girls, young women following in her footsteps. Uh, again, she wanted to play the racial card right. while it worked for her and, and wanted to be on the whole racial justice warrior team w- without realizing, like, these identity politics people, eventually they're going to come after the Jewish side mm. of you. Eventually, these people that you're caping up for and you're rallying around, eventually they're going to look at Dave McMenamin, who I, nice guy, hats off to Dave, I ain't mad at you. Uh, you, you, you got one. Congratulations. But she needed to realize that if, and, and I say that in all seriousness, I, I like Dave McMenamin and I, I'm, you know, halfway jealous of him. Uh, but but I, I'm just keeping it real. She needed to realize that these same identity politics she's playing were eventually going to get played on her. And that's what all these guys need to realize. Is the same, you run around Black Lives Matter, and in this house, Black Lives really matter. And and those same Black Lives Matter protester, Antifa, one day they're going to be breaking into your house. One day they're Mm going to show up at your business and burn it down. One day they're going to decide, you know what, Malika? Uh, we don't like you dating a white guy. And so we're going to boo you inside NBA arenas. We're going to make life hell for you over social media. And that's why you need to man and woman up and play the deal straightforward and honest the way Sage Steele uh, has played it. And look, is there some blowback that goes along with being as honest and as transparent and as truthful as Sage Steele? Yes. Of course. But I'd rather deal with that. I would rather deal with that than be out here and be dishonest and trying to play like you a sister girl from around the way. Well, come on. Them, that Jewish half of you put you in some private schools and put a silver spoon in your mouth and fast-tracked you 
uh, into the media world, and now you get to, oh, I'm black, I'm Jewish, I'm a victim. Well, this is, but I, I say all that to say she's a young woman. She didn't know what she was doing. She's listening to her handlers. And now she's going to go around for the probably the rest of her media career with this baggage and this unearned yeah. animosity that's directed well, towards her. Well, Jason, so recently now, and something we brought up, the Josh Giggity Giggity thing. And, and because she didn't go after old Joshua with the ferocity of Gail King to R. Kelly, now it's like, oh, oh now, why, why is that? And they're like, okay, maybe we ought to get a little bit more... Uh, you know, evidence before it. But I, it's like, again, when, because now at that point, it's like, wait a minute, do you care about female rights? Or are you about equity? And so now, but or, or are you protecting Josh Giggity Giggity because he's a Caucasian fella? See, when you start playing these politics, these racial identity politics, you start pandering, it's hard to actually keep up with what you think you believe and what you're supposed to believe and then play towards it while on the air. Steve, totally agree with you, and we're about to get into Josh uh, Giddy. Oh, but before okay. I do that, I want to talk about uh, our great friends at Fox and Odin. You guys know I, I started drinking coffee recently, and even more recently, I started <laughs> spiking my coffee with this straight bourbon whiskey from uh, Fox and Odin. Uh, <laughs> it's around that time of year again. All the Thanksgiving decorations are back in the closet, right where they belong. The Christmas decorations are up and making everything for miles look bright and cheerful. And the sun goes down pretty early in your cozy, dark neck of the woods. That means it's time to settle into your favorite chair, kick your feet up near the fireplace, and have a giant glass of Fox and Odin whiskey. You've worked hard today. You've earned a little relaxation. Fox and Odin whiskeys are created to honor the wild, beastly, around us, a snow-capped mountain, a field of wildflowers, a roaring waterfall, or maybe even just your own backyard. This holiday season, let these perfectly blended spirits complement the view. A warm fire, maybe a shared meal, packages wrapped and ribboned and left under a tree. However you celebrate, enjoy it to the fullest with double, with double gold award-winning Fox and Olden Craft American Whiskey, Taste the spirit of the holidays today. Buy online and ship it to your door at foxandolden.com. That's foxandolden.com. -E Use the promo code FEARLESS and get 30% off plus free shipping on all orders. Please drink responsibly. Steve, I sent some of this Fox and Odin. We'll get a report. I sent some to uh, my man Warren Sapp. He likes good bourbon whiskey. Uh, sh should I send you some for the holidays as well? Yeah, why not? Why not? I'll put it in my ginseng tea. I'm not really much of a coffee drinker, but I'll put it in my ginseng. It'll be good. You know. I can't. Are, are you just? Are you just a beer drinker? I know what you, you oh. came out here to Nashville. You drank me out of house and beer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing you about knocked down beer, a twelve pack. Yeah, beer. Beer is simple, but it kind of runs through you like the Mississippi River. Uh, I'm kind of mixed. You know, I like the club soda. And vodka, because, you know, you got to keep the figure. All of this is not natural. i got to work at all this. But uh, I try anything. But I, I'm trying to drink more in moderation. But, again, kids, kids out there, drink a lot of water. Stay hydrated. Water is still the healthiest drink from God. Just remember that. And that. And then Odin. We'll, yeah. I'm, we're going to get a review from uh, Sap on this Fox and Odin, I believe, this week. I'm going to send some to you. I'm telling oh, okay. you, I love it. 
it, it, it really spices up my coffee and spices up the uh, rest of the show after I start uh, after I start getting a little buzz from my uh, Fox and Odin. Steve, uh, final topic. I told you we we're going to get into Josh Giddy. Uh, Patrick Beverly mm. uh, has driven us into the Josh Giddy story. He's doing a podcast, or he was interviewing, I believe, Kevin Hart, the comedian, and this is during an ESPN broadcast of the game, and he brings up Josh Giddy, starts asking Kevin Hart about it. Let's play the clip. I got a daughter, and I like to call myself a girl dad. What okay. you think about the Josh Giddy situation? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, fellas, y'all want to answer that? Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's rumors going around that, you know, Josh Giddy was uh, dating an underage girl, and... Uh, they said the family is not cooperating or participating with the police investigation, so therefore I think it's know, I say, I, know I, I read that too. I say, what y'all think about it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Pat, I'm going to be honest yeah, that was you, my, That was my question. Yeah, you know, Pat, I heard the question, but I'm going to tell you what I do real well. Mm -hmm. Reflect. I'm... <laughs> There's a humorous side of this. But there's an also serious side of this, and and I'm going to get into the serious side for Patrick Beverly and some of these silly athletes that want to use Josh Giddy as a talking point. And to, uh, again, it's all appealing to social media. Hey, I went on ESPN and I did something and I talked about Josh Giddy, and you know, it's all this. He's subtly playing the race car. But anyway, before I go to the more serious side, you, you, your your take on what. Patrick Beverly's doing here. I have a question for everyone that's a girl dad in the NBA. Uh, from how many women? I think that's kind of important. Are you raising a nuclear family, or are you a girl dad with four different baby mamas? Second of all, uh, to, to what you were referring to, do I believe that a lot of these guys would be so outraged or specifically take the tact of Patrick Beverly, who, by the way, after his playing days, maybe he'll be the Black Mike Wallace on 60 Minutes. That is some hard-hitting questioning <laughs> that I actually respect. But again... If this was a black guy, an American black guy, would 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 they care as much? Because can we not be so naive here? The debauchery and the decadence that must take place in every hotel on the road while these guys load manage. Give me a break. These guys are all of a sudden now the moralists. They are now the ethical judge of what goes on sexually. I mean, really, can we be honest about exactly what probably or does go on? I don't know. I just think it's interesting. And um, by the way, with the family, should they be given credit in that whole culture? No snitching? Isn't, isn't that that whole thing? No snitching? I mean, they should be given props, right? I think, I think I've think i read that the family hired Gloria Allred at some uh -oh. point. So I oh, do boy. think they're going to get a little t I do think oh. they want to wet their beak. Uh, Not good. Not good. Uh, Not good. Yeah. But, but but on a serious note, people were making the argument, Donald Trump in New York, there were some charges they wanted to bring against Donald Trump in New York. And so they, I think my memory are they, they extended the window an extra year for women to file domestic violence charges or accusations or sexual assault charges. And, and so it was done in a move to get Donald Trump. And everybody, oh, yeah, get Donald Trump, and let's change the rules. Let's change the statute of limitations. And then a year later, that came back 
to bite in the rear end Jamie Foxx and Marcellus Wiley and a bunch of other people that got sued right at the deadline of this deal, right before Thanksgiving. And, and I say all that to say that these NBA players, the, the, they get you so caught up in your racial idolatry and your hate of Donald Trump and your hate of white men that you don't know that you're normalizing things and setting standards of things that are going to come back and bite you in the rear end. And so here's Josh Giddy, a 19-year-old, and I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but a 19-year-old from Australia or wherever he's from comes over to America, according to all reports, meets this woman at a club where I think you had to be 18 to get in. And so she's shown a fake ID. I've talked to some people who know the girl. I've talked to some people that know the girl. Hmm. I've read all the reports. This girl, according to these people, is like, she's got a problem with the truth. No one is surprised she was in a nightclub pretending to be older than what she was. And so some 19-year-old kid meets some girl, thinks she's of age, thinks you know she's in this club, she's gotta be a certain age, and they hook up and spend some time together. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not defending Josh Giddy. What I'm saying is, do NBA players, the black ones, do they want to be held to this standard? That when they were 18, 19, 20 years old, with all this NIL money running around in college, early in their NBA career, they go out to nightclubs. They go to house parties and things where women lie about their age. Go... <laughs> They live in an era where they could be set up very easily. Do they really want the repercussions of what just happened to Josh Giddy being misled by a young woman to then be able to turn around and say, you know, we can prosecute you for statutory rape? Ask Patrick Beverly, and Patrick Beverly's in his 30s now, but let's dial the clock back to when Patrick Beverly was 19, 20 years old, and his peers were 19 and 20 years old. What situations did they put themselves in? What's, hey, we don't think of an all-time great, the, the, who was, I think at one point, the second leading scorer in NBA history, Carl Malone. Mm. This dude mm. had a kid, knocked up a 13, 14-year-old in Louisiana. We think he's the only one? So you can get all caught up in, hey, let's get Josh Giddy and let's play the race car. Is that really a standard you want to live by? And, and will that, if that becomes standard and normalized, do you think Gloria Allred can't find some black mamas, some white mamas that would like, hey, this young man, when he was 19, 20 years old in the NBA or in college, he hooked up with my 15-year-old daughter. And let's shake him down for a seven-figure shakedown because is that really a world these NBA players want to live in? And, and this is where I always say, it, this whole racial game, the way that they play it, they play it like a game of checkers when life is a game of chess. And, and the, the little checkers game that they're playing will end up blowing up in their face. Yeah, the old proverb is, uh, those who live in glass houses should not try to dunk. Uh, you're absolutely right about that because, it, look, this is not a puritanical lifestyle that you lead on the road. 
Um, and I don't know what team Josh Giddy's going to end up in the future, but I would hope, young man, and, and take it from Uncle Kimster, um, no matter who, what team you're on, please get Coach Greg Adams in your life. He will teach you many lessons that are going to serve you well and keep you out of situations like this. But again, um, I would like to know the context of how old is he, what's the age difference, and again, did he have a belief that, it was, that, that she was 18? These things matter. These things absolutely matter. Um, and I look, you know, going back to Malika Andrews, she made the mistake of actually trying to let the process play out and to get all the details, as did Stephen A. Smith, because now he's getting heat because he's not spotlighting this story. And if it turns out that this is something incredibly foul, report it. But I think that the journalists have a right to say, and, and I guess, I don't know what you want to call Patrick Beverly. He is doing media. Maybe he ought to lay back a little bit, too. Well, Patrick, and this is the problem that the media, corporate media, is eventually going to have to figure out. Hiring these NBA players who, and let me, let me do the homework here. I want to make sure I want to make sure I'm right here as it relates to Patrick Beverly. But uh, hold for one second. I'm looking up some information, so I'm factually correct here. I'm going to basketballreference.com, Patrick Beverly. And this is this is what ESPN and FS1 and all the yeah, according to this, uh, Patrick Beverly has made 78 million dollars. Mm, That's what they call, even even if he's been foolish with his money, but they call that F.U. money. He's made $78 million. And so you hire a guy that feels like he's got monopoly money, he's going to go off script. He's going to do whatever he wants to do. He's going to say whatever he wants. He's not going to protect your company. He's going to do whatever he wants. So go ahead and get in bed with him. And don't be shocked when they go off script. I think FS1 is learning that with uh, Richard Sherman and how he's dealing with Skip Bayless. Uh, and, and so the, these new athletes, $78, $100 million, whatever, they're going, if they have a chance to troll and win points with the internet as opposed to doing what's right, they're going to troll and do whatever because... Again, it's, I made $78 million. Yeah, ESPN's paying me a million and a half, but I really don't need it. I'm set for life. It's a dangerous game they're playing. Okay, I'm going to say this right now. To get me to watch ESPN or NBA on ESPN coverage, if you did a podcast or a live 30-minute daily show with Bev and Malika, I would watch that might be some of the most uncomfortable yet entertaining viewing ever. Just 30 minutes of them talking about any NBA issue. Oh, sign me up. I will set the DVR, Jason. I'm in. Thank you, Steve. Uh, great job as always. Uh, appreciate you wearing the fearless jacket, the Korean Cosell. Thank you. I, I want to say one, just one other thing, and I'm just beating a dead horse here a little bit, but I'm talking about Patrick Beverly and all these guys. J just, just be careful. Because did you not learn anything from the R. Kelly situation? And not that R. Kelly is a victim. I'm just saying, just learn something from the R. Kelly situation. There were mothers 
bringing their young daughters to R. Kelly. If you think there's not some slick mother who wouldn't bring their 15, 16, 14 year old daughter to set you up, she may be sitting here going, my daughter started having sex at 11, 12 years old. If, if she looks 19 at age 14 and she's already been having sex for two years, should I put her in a situation with Patrick Beverly or some other NBA player? What I know, I can turn back around with a lawyer and shake this person down for money? Yes, she would. That, that, yeah, I'm not saying that's what they were doing with R. Kelly, but what they were doing was mothers were bringing their daughters to R. Kelly, sanctioning this. They're capable of shaking you down. So before you get all giddy about scoring social media points with Josh Giddy and looking like you're the blackest guy on the planet, you may be setting your own self up to get shook down and to have your reputation destroyed. All right, uh, that's it, and that's all for us today. I'm gonna be back on the topic tomorrow about how this culture kills, how, how it's not just with Patrick Mahomes like I talked about today, it is across the board. I, I'm a, I'm gonna, tomorrow I'm gonna get into Jawan Howard and what's going on with the Michigan basketball coach. Known this dude since he was 19 and a sophomore in college. I, I've watched the culture kill Jawan Howard. We'll do that tomorrow, see you.